Well, it's great to be joining you for another episode of LifeWords Q&A with David Ray. Hi, I'm Andrew Morris. It's our weekly discussion about life and faith. And over the course of the last 15 uh, episodes, we've discussed many a thing. And we continue that today with David Ray. G'day, David. G'day, Andrew. Now, we've got three questions again for you, David. Uh, we'll be looking at the resurrection of Jesus, the statues of Mary, and I guess the status of Mary within the Christian church. And also, uh, we're looking at hypocrites within the Christian church, and um, that's coming up a bit later. But, David, first... I know Christians think the resurrection of Jesus is really important, our questioner asks, but what do I say to people who tell me it's impossible? Can we prove it happened? Well, look, first of all, the resurrection is absolutely central, Andrew. If if the resurrection of Jesus didn't happen, well, then our faith falls flat. Uh, so the resurrection is worth defending. Some other things aren't, actually. Some things we can just shrug our shoulders or agree to disagree on. But the resurrection of Jesus, no, that's different category. But but I, I think there's some words in that question that I would want to challenge. First of all, there's people who say the resurrection is impossible. Well, when we're dealing with the supernatural God and when we're dealing with Jesus, uh, then it's far from impossible. You see, Christians believe in a supernatural God. And if you believe in a supernatural God and that Jesus was the divine son of God, well, then nothing really is impossible. So we can argue, as probably uh, people who have objections to the resurrection do, well, the dead dead people stay dead. And we'd say, well, yeah, yeah, dead people stay dead. I've done lots of funerals in my time and no one's come back to life at the funeral service. Uh, so the dead generally stay dead. But God can overrule these laws. And in this particular case with Jesus, it seems that he did. Uh, so once we grant that a supernatural God can intervene and, uh, as it were, overturn a natural law, such as the dead normally stay dead, uh, we can't then assume that the resurrection is impossible. It, it, it does not happen in the normal course of events. But that doesn't mean to say that our supernatural God cannot alter the uh, normal course of events. To not believe it, um, hard though it might be to grasp, is to deny what we know about Jesus. You see, if we say, oh, well, Jesus' uh, resurrection didn't really happen because it's impossible, what we're saying is Jesus was a liar because he predicted his resurrection. If Jesus said he was the Son of God, the divine Son of God, uh, then uh, uh, and he stayed dead, well, he can't really be uh, the divine Son of God if he's a rotten corpse somewhere. Um, and also, uh, if he stayed dead, we really don't know whether um, God the Father accepted his death on the cross as being an acceptable sacrifice for sin, as, as how Christians believe it. So a lot hinges on the fact on, on this fact. So resurrection, impossible? Uh, no, not if we bring the supernatural God into the picture. I guess the West can explain everything away. And, and perhaps when you're talking about resurrections, Christians in developing countries probably would have a different perspective on their faith and, oh, yeah. and, and spirituality as well, wouldn't they? Yeah, they're much more in touch with the reality beyond our own scientific mindset, um, which, which actually brings to the, me to this other, this other word that I think needs, needs questioning in this, um, uh, with, with the question of saying, can we prove the resurrection happened? Now, here's where we come into difficulty with the scientific mindset. The scientific mindset is, 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 has something to do with proof, doesn't, doesn't it? We prove prove that two and two equals four. We prove that a certain um, chemical reaction will have a certain result. We prove that by observation. Perhaps we prove it in a laboratory and so on. But we can't prove the resurrection in quite that way. Someone said to me, can you prove that Jesus rose from the dead? My first response would be, well, what do you mean by proof? 
what sort of proof are you after? I wasn't there. Uh, none of us was there. All we can say is that the gospel records of the resurrection we believe to be reliable because they were written in the lifetime of Jesus' contemporary enemies. If it was all a fraud, it's all a bit of a, um, a bit of make-believe fairy story. You could bet your life that um, the adversaries of Jesus would have pounced on these fictional narratives and simply shut Christianity down uh, at the beginning. They would have nipped it in the bud. Um, but these accounts in the Gospels were not challenged. And of course, other people have said, yes, yes, yes. There are other explanations. Um, the disciples had mass hallucinations. Well, that doesn't seem very likely, does it not? They don't seem to be people who were um, afflicted by hallucinations. Um, people robbed the grave. Well, who was going to rob the grave? The disciples? Um, Jesus' enemies? In which case, they could have just um, produced the body. Uh, um, oh, Jesus wasn't really dead. Some people have actually did that. But I tell you what, when you were crucified, you were crucified. Yeah. Um, he, he was dead. So, so look, the... While I say I can't scientifically, mathematically prove the resurrection of Jesus, what I can say with confidence is that the resurrection of Jesus is the most probable explanation of the circumstances described in the Gospels, and I do believe the Gospel accounts are fundamentally reliable. And because of that, I can say that my faith... The Christian faith is not based on a fiction or a fairy tale or a bit of wishful thinking. It is actually based on truth, um, truth that, that might challenge our scientific understanding, truth that might cause us to shake our heads and wonder how it all happened, but truth um, nevertheless because we believe in a supernatural God. And once I believe in a supernatural God, well, then a whole lot of things are possible. You're listening to LifeWords Q&A with David Ray. G'day, I'm Andrew Morris. Thanks for joining us. You can always subscribe to our podcast at iTunes. Just search for Hope Media Limited and LifeWords Q&A. Either, uh, you can also email us if you've got a question, lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. Like this question, I have visited some churches which have statues of Mary. Why do these churches think she's so important, David? Well... Let's first agree that I think all Christians should believe that Mary's important. She's a great example of humble faith. She was a young girl, we think probably mid-teens, when she gave birth to Jesus in very primitive circumstances, yet she was thankful to God, she was obedient, uh, and someone who actually, in an earthly sense, bore the Messiah of the world and nurtured him and, and raised him and so on. She at least very much deserves our respect yep. and admiration. Um, and yet, yes, there are some Christians who do see more than this in her. Some would regard her as the feminine face of God. Some people think Mary is so important because they see God the Father as, in a sense, masculine, but Mary actually sort of feminizes him a bit. Um, and then others see her as someone who intercedes for Christians. They actually pray through Mary um, to God. Now, my own feeling there is, Andrew, I think that gives her too much status. I've begun by saying we should give her a very, very high status. But I think that probably pushes it a little bit too far. Only Jesus intercedes for us, and I don't think we need anyone else at all. And I'd say as far as Mary being the feminine face of God, no, I think God himself embraces the best of the father and the mother. I think the Bible describes many motherly attributes yeah. of God as well as fatherly attributes. So I don't think Mary is needed to be exalted in that sense either. I think it is wrong if we somehow or other put Mary up as someone equal to God. Now, I'm not saying all Christians in those traditions do that. I don't think that at all. 
I, I think it's mistaken to give it too much emphasis. I think the it 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 perhaps detracts from Jesus. Um, um, but then again, um, I think it's equally wrong to dismiss her. Uh, I think some Christians in the Protestant tradition have have um, reacted so much strongly against uh, uh, an over-exaltation of Mary that we tend to sort of push her out of the way and say, mm. oh, well, she doesn't really matter much, or careful, 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 don't think too much about Mary. I think that's wrong as well. Um, and, and I would say that uh, uh, those who do put Mary up in a fairly high position and bow at statues of her and so on and so on and so on, I I would say respectfully that I think they're probably giving her too much status, but there's no way in the world I would deny the, the fact that they are Christians. I mean, yeah. I, I think there are many, many Christians in many, many traditions who have particular practices and emphases that I would say, "Ooh, I'm not quite comfortable with that." But I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't put someone outside the bounds of the Christian faith because they have Mary in a higher place than what I would. So Mary. Uh, a faithful, humble servant of God in an earthly sense, the mother of Jesus. Uh, I think she deserves our respect, our admiration. We deserve, uh, she, 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 we, we, it'd be good for to reflect on the nature of her faith and so on and so on to be very thankful for her. But at the same time, uh, let's keep her in her place, uh, a very high and important and respected place but not a place that would in any way uh, jeopardise the exalted place of Jesus. We've spoken about Mary, but we haven't spoken about Joseph, David. Oh. Is there anything we can take out of... I mean, yes, I, I, don't think, I can't think of any denominations that place a great importance on Joseph, but can we learn anything from the life of Joseph? Well, the point is we hardly know anything about the life of Joseph. Mm. Joseph is one of those fellows who sort of appears on the scene. He may well have been, many people think he's older than Mary and, and, and died early because we don't hear much of him, but that, that's speculation. Look, I think we learn from Joseph as a man who um, was, was very patient and godly uh, when he found out Mary was pregnant, and we understand through uh, supernatural agency, not, 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 not through him having intercourse with her, yep. uh, Put yourself in Joseph's shoes, and how would you feel if you were Joseph? So I think Joseph actually handled the situation extremely well. And obviously, we we, we, we would assume, and this is an argument from silence, but we'd yep. assume that Joseph did his fatherly duties in raising Jesus. Yep. But we never, we never hear anything about him. And as such, I think... What we learn from him, I think, funnily enough, is we learn that so many of the so-called great ones in the Christian faith, there are so many people who serve God humbly and obediently and beautifully to the blessing of, of humankind, yet we hardly hear anything about them. And I think Joseph's probably one of those um, examples. That's fascinating. You're listening to LifeWords Q&A with David Ray, Andrew Morris. Thanks for joining us. If you've got a question, you can email us, lifewords at media. Dot com dot au. That's lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. Subscribe to our podcast and get it in uh, your inbox in iTunes every week. Uh, just, yeah, find us Hope Media Limited on iTunes. It's uh, Or you can always listen to us at hope1032.com.au. Our final question, David, is quite a relevant one at the moment um, with the Royal Commission. Uh, what do we say to those who accuse us of being hypocrites because of all of the abuse allegations made against church people? 
Well, it, 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 it is a tough one. And, and I don't think we can afford to get too defensive about these things to see if terrible things were done by those claiming to be Christians. There's no excuse. We can't um, sort of resort to sort of um, sophisticated arguments uh, to defend ourselves. Certainly, it might be true that at least some such abuse was done by those who were attached to the church but were not true followers of Jesus. I, 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 I guess we can assume that. But even so... There were other sincere Christians who may not have taken action to stop it or prevent it. And the, the horrifying fact is that some of those people who were committing such abuse were genuinely claiming to be followers of Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, we can't judge one way or the other on that, but uh, that's, that's, that's a very, very disturbing thing. And we, 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 we can't sidestep it. Um, now, of course, we can argue that Christians make no claim to perfection. So when Christians do f- fail, as they, they do, uh, we, we you know resort to the bumper sticker sort of slogan, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. And there's certainly truth in that. Um, but then again, when it, when it comes to the severe cases of abuse we're confronting in the media at the moment, uh, that sounds a little bit too shallow, does it not? That uh, to say, oh, well, we're not perfect, we're just forgiven, as though we can glibly dismiss the abuse. And of course, uh, we can't do that. We've got to face up to the fact that, that there may well have been f- people who claim to follow Jesus who've done terrible things. Yeah. And yes, we do then say, uh, we uh, we are imperfect. We are not somehow or other morally superior people. And this is where I think we have a bit of a problem because Christians down through the ages, sadly, have sometimes um, presented themselves as morally superior people. Look, we've got the answers. Um, we do the right things. All you people out there beyond the church, you're the bad guys. We're the good guys. But now the spotlight's been um, shone on the so-called good guys and we're shown not to be such good guys anyway. So maybe, maybe in in all the terrible mess and the tragedy of this, uh, we can perhaps uh, say that we've got something truly to learn from this, that, 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 that we are witnessing to society in general as people who are not morally superior, who haven't got all the answers, and and uh, we have to admit our failings and our weakness, but still somehow or other in our witness point people to Jesus. And I think in doing that, I don't think we can be fairly accused of being hypocrites. We can be accused of being hypocrites when we claim to be someone that we're not. And if we claim to be morally superior, if we claim that there is no sexual sin or no abuse within our midst, but then we found out that there are, well, well, I think then we are truly hypocrites. But I think to admit the fact that we are imperfect and we are horrified at this and how on earth can a follower of Jesus who claims to be a follower of Jesus do all this stuff, I don't think that makes us hypocrites. I think it simply um, makes us very uncomfortable, which is different. As uh, as onlookers to the Royal Commission, David, I guess it's a great uh, a great challenge for us to when we see wrongs, whether it's of this nature or any kind of wrong that that goes against what we believe as Christians to stand up. Are we prepared to stand up and and just say this is not right? Yes, Andrew. And and what has obviously happened in the past, I don't think it's so much happening now, but what's happening in the past uh, was that people were not prepared because people. Um, accusations of abuse were made and other people who um, were aware of the situation could resort to an argument along the lines of, oh, so-and-so would never do that. I've known so-and-so for years. Or so-and-so is a respected Christian leader Mm. and so on and so on. And I think we need to be, I think, 
we've learnt the lesson, hopefully, of being bold, not necessarily assuming that just because a person's in a senior Christian position or that we think they're a good bloke or a good lady or something, that they are, they could never possibly be guilty of such abuse. Uh, I think we've learnt that lesson, and I think we are much more careful and much more scrupulous in how we um, uh, view situations now. In the past, I think people were perhaps... Uh, to trusting and again I don't think that makes you so much of a hypocrite but sadly I think we can be accused of some naivety in mm. the past I don't think that's happening now uh, so much of course what, what I want to say there is any 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 Christian person uh, needs to be subject to the rebuke and the correction uh, of other people and needs to be accountable to other people so that we can safeguard in some way against um, uh, future abuse. So yes, we, we to, a, to a degree we're all hypocrites. Uh, yes, 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 yes. But I think if we claim moral superiority and claim to be better than others, then I think the accusation of hypocrisy sticks so much more seriously. What I want to say is hypocrisy, whether we're hypocrites or not, doesn't alter the basic truth about Jesus. I'd really want to say that even if all this abuse has happened, which indeed it has, um, and there, we have to be profoundly horrified and penitent about it, we still have to look beyond it to say, Jesus, you are the perfect one. You are the saviour of the world. We aren't. We are just merely your imperfect followers. And the Bible says judgment has to begin with the household of God. And perhaps this is what's happening. God, as it were, cleaning out the church and uh, having it become more and more the church he wants it to be. You've been listening to LifeWords Q&A. Thank you so much for joining us, David. Again, thanks for being with us for the last uh, 20 minutes or so. Thanks, Andrew. We'll catch up next week when we discuss more Q&A life questions. Till then, have a great week and uh, listen to us on iTunes or at hope1032.com.au.